It's the JT The Brick Show. 39-yard field goal for Carlson set up on the right hash. Good snap, solid hold. Field goal is up, and that is good. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Crowd into it. Wilson lifts the right leg, gets the ball. They bring the blitz off the edge, and they get to him. Nate Hobbs coming around the left side. Your silver and black home to sound off for over 20 years. Open Adams at the 35. Racing to the 20, 10, touchdown Raiders! And now, here's JT the Brick. Yes, it is a bucket of Modelo on Friday. You know, I like to reward myself with a full week of radio with a bucket of Modellos on Friday. And I will do that as my wife and I will be in the pool at some point in the next hour and a half, uh, ready to go. Man, it was hot out there today at Raiders practice, but it's supposed to be. We are in Las Vegas. We are here in the summertime. The Niners are in town. Devontae Adams went down hard today, got up on his own, walked to the locker room. It is trending. Uh, It's the number one story at ESPN. The headline at ESPN is Raiders' Devontae Adams suffers an apparent right leg injury. I don't know what the extent of it is. Josh McDaniels talked about the bang-bang play, and it was a clean play. He just got hit hard. It's the type of hit you make where you want to really take a guy out on a clean play. They did that to Devontae. So the Niners won that play. And Devontae got up, and he went to the locker room on his own. Harry Ruiz joins me in studio. He was there today. I don't think I'm going to ask you a level of concern because he walked off on his own. But pretty important to the Raider Nation when the best player on the team goes out and doesn't come back to practice. Oh, absolutely. When your all-pro wide receiver isn't able to complete practice like he was supposed to, Mm -hmm. there's always that red flag with what's going on. But I was there. I was watching the play with my binoculars, Mm -hmm. and I ended up watching how uh, the medical staff came over. They were checking in on him, and then Mm -hmm. eventually it was like it was just him and one athletic trainer next to him. If it were something of a major Mm -hmm. concern, you would have absolutely everybody around around him and checking him out. And he walked on his own. There there wasn't a huge limp, but you would, could see it wasn't at 100% of him walking over to the locker room. Yeah. But I, I mean, in my level of concern, you would prefer to have him 100%. It's just going to be, let's see how it goes through the next, next couple of days. I have a feeling if it were a regular season game, he would still be good to go. Yeah, and that's what we don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. But the next schedule is pretty interesting. He's not going to play on Sunday. Will he be available in Los Angeles to play or just getting treatment? We don't know. So when we find out about that, and no one else knows, the Raiders are in control of this, their training staff, their head coach and GM. A lot of people can tweet about it, talk about his time frame. Nobody knows. We'll wait for the Raiders to tell us there. I've been in, You've been to more practices than I've been to, but I'm very impressed with the secondary of the Raiders. That's what I'm going to use on the broadcast when I get a chance to talk. I like what I'm seeing with the stability of the back end of the safeties and the corners now that Marcus Peters is there. Yeah, and the variety with the guys that you have when you see Duke Shelley making a play mm-hmm. uh, yesterday and you're like, hey, Duke, a lot of people are thinking about him as a backup cornerback uh, behind Nate Hobbs or behind potentially Jacorian Bennett. And it's like you you got guys making plays who aren't Marcus Peters. Mm-hmm. Marcus Peters, of course, 32 interceptions mm-hmm. in his career, a player that is a ball hawk that mm-hmm. is known in the 
NFL for that. So it's that's what you want from a defense like this. Complimentary. Not just be one guy getting fed with all the interceptions and going for them, but everybody having that same mm-hmm. mentality, which Robert Spillane, he spoke about it last week, that it's a mentality. It's something that you go into games trying to go get. Of course, first the stop, mm-hmm. then the ball, but you can get those, especially with the Raiders. You look at their uh, turnovers over the last 20 years. They've only had one season with 30-plus turnovers, 2016. Mm-hmm. So if you can get to that point, that's going to help a lot on stealing the ball and giving your offense extra opportunities. Harry Ruiz joins us. For Roderick Teamer at the safety position and Isaiah Polamal, I'm very interested in them because if they don't start and get on the field, these other guys aren't coming off the field, right? Uh, Merrick's not coming off on a third down or a second down unless he's banged up or injured. I think that safety depth and any type of rotation when they go to a nickel or some type of heavy different package in the secondary gets those guys in as reserves much fresher, along with David Long, Sam Webb, Amik Robertson, Duke Shelley, whoever makes this final roster, if they're not penned to start, they're going to play special teams. They're going to come in on certain packages and should be explosive when they come on instead of playing these guys an entire game because we don't have better players this year, such as Epps and especially Marcus Peters, guys who historically don't come off the field. Exactly, and there's no luck in the NFL. You have to be prepared, and Mm. when an opportunity pops up, you have to be 100% in the moment to just jump in there Mm -hmm. and make it be like if the starter were still on the field. And Isaiah Pulamau, he had chances last year, and Mm. he impressed people within the building. So there's a reason why he is back in 2023. And same thing with Rowdy Roddy Teamer. You Mm. see him out there on the field as well, number 33, and he makes plays on special teams. He makes plays when he's out on the field on defense. And everybody has to have that high standard of being mentally, physically prepared to get out on the field whenever they have a chance. And that's what the preseason is for. You know that you won't see a lot of the starters, but a lot of these guys, they're fighting for those final spots in the 53-man roster. And now, JT, this year, there's not three different cuts mm-hmm. where you trim down right. your roster. There's one cut after the final preseason game. If you go from 90 to 53, so you have more opportunities to impress coaches and impress the front office, and this is a fantastic opportunity for guys like you just mentioned, Isaiah mm-hmm. Polamau and Roderick Teamer. Harry Ruiz, kind enough to join us in studio here for a few minutes. You know, Chandler Jones wasn't out there today. I like Tillery. Tillery made a bad play, but everybody, you know, in the Ram game. But Nestor Jade Silvera yeah. is one of the guys who are popping there. I was I had the pleasure of interviewing him at the rookie draft luncheon on stage at Allegiant Stadium, and he was so composed and answered everything with depth and knowledge. And he seems to be one of the surprise. I wouldn't say surprises. He was taken in the seventh round, but very everyone's very comfortable. That not only is he going to be on the team, he might contribute more so than we thought when he was drafted. Yes, yeah, smart kid, mm-hmm. physical, played in two power conferences right. in his college career. He's a guy that all he needs is a ch- needs is a chance. And you know what? The Raiders they need that interior pressure that was missing last year. When Jerry mm-hmm. Tillery arrived in the silver and black coming from the Chargers, we saw that change a little bit more. We saw Chandler mm-hmm. Jones appearing in a more prominent way on one side and Max Crosby on the other. Why? Because mm-hmm. when you have four guys in the same page putting pressure to get to the quarterback, that's a game changer. When you only have the edges 
getting over there to the QB, it's tougher because then you can just step up and extend the play a little bit more. When you got pressure from everywhere, that changes, and that's why guys like Byron Young, that's why guys like Nesta Jade Silvera were brought to the silver and black because they're the long-term projects. You got veterans also in that room that they're the right now, but when you talk about Byron, when you talk about Nesta, if they pan out the weight that Dave Ziegler Ziegler and uh, Josh McDaniels want, they can be in that silver and black for a very long time being a prominent part of that defensive tackle position. Wrapping it up with Harry Ruiz, Luke Masterson at linebacker. He's made enough plays so far in his young career that I would be comfortable with him out there. I still don't think he's a player elite now, nowhere, but he's the type of player that could get better and better each year. Divine Diablo, I've talked about him at length this week. I look at the other, Amari Bernie, who came who came out of Florida. I, I want to see him a little bit more, just like I want to see Adam Plant from UNLV play a little bit more. I want to wrap it up with the cornerback play and what you're expecting to see because this corner challenge for me is starting a legendary veteran in Marcus Peters and then going out there with a young rookie player that comes in that you hope can play at a high level in Jacorian Bennett, but you just know that there's going to be a learning curve, and he can't go up against the number one. You would, But Peters might not go the other side of the field if the number one goes over there. Are you okay with a number one wide receiver like Jerry Judy going up against Jacorian Bennett or what we're going to see in Buffalo in week two, Stefan Diggs going up against Shakorian Bennett. That concerns me a little bit because there's just not a lot of experience there. Absolutely. I'll say one thing, though, JT. Shakorian Bennett, mandatory minicamp was our first chance to be able mm-hmm. to see him as media members. And I was like, hey, that kid is fast. That kid might not have the height that some of the ideal cornerbacks have, but his speed sometimes just assists him to be able to make up for maybe other physical traits that he doesn't have. But everybody was like, okay, it's mandatory minicamp. Training camp starts. And it's like, okay, they don't have pads. And then they have pads. And it's like... Kid's still making plays. Kid is still showing off what he can do. He was Mm -hmm. out there against Debo Samuel, against Brandon Ayuk, and you could still see number 29 on the field not being lost, and he has that speed to always fall back on, and if there's a misstep, that speed is going to be a big way for him to recover, and we're seeing him improve every single day and in every different... Mm -hmm. There was always a but with him, where it's like, but it's mandatory minicamp, but they don't have pads, but it's Mm -hmm. not another team, and every step of the way he has proven that he can do the things now i would love to see him on sunday be able mm. to prove what he can do and just yeah, he, keep taking those step forwards and absolutely. that's what we've seen with jacorian step forwards when i met you you were taking photos you were taking videos in the parking lot and look at you now you're going to the broadcast dinner tonight with eric allen and matt millen and rich gannon and all that i'm proud of you yo jt i'll tell this story i yeah. was once kicked out of the parking lot of legion stadium a friday before the game by security because I was recording a video there for La Nacion Raider. And now I'm recording videos inside Intermountain Health Performance yeah, Center with the great. team. So it's just work, work my tail off. Yeah, you're working your tail off. you got a bigger role with the Raiders. You'll be on the broadcast. Tell me about the broadcast as I'm going to be a part of it for the first time. I did 15 years on the sidelines for TV as a sideline reporter. But I like the role I'm doing now. We're going to bring in the TV. We're going to go back to radio, go back and forth. You're going to have the Latino call, and we're going to have some special guests on the sideline. So I feel like it's going to be a very unique time for the Raiders. The Raiders just told me they want to have more fun. 
They want to have more fun on this preseason broadcast. They want a lot of fans to hear more about the position battles, what's happening with the organization. We'll get to the play. We'll get to the handoff up the middle, the big interception. But I think this is going to be a nice time for the Raiders to loosen it up a bit, have some fun, because it is the preseason and, unfortunately, our only home preseason game. Exactly. But fortunately, that means we get nine regular season home yes. games this season. We'll be at a lot of Allegiant Stadium. Yeah, this is the time of the year, JT, where we tell the stories about the guys that are coming into the team trying to get their spot. The guys that have interesting mm. stories from high school, from college, making it to the pros, the undrafted free agents, the rookies mm. that got drafted, the fellas that are trying to get their spot mm. in the 53s. We know we're not going to see Devontae. We know that we, well, we very likely know we won't see Jimmy no. G, Devontae, Max Cross. But there will be players in their spot. So this is a time where we get an opportunity to tell stories. Like you said, we won't be going heavy play by play, but we do describe the plays and we also bring you those little nuggets of information that being the preseason, we can actually do. Yeah, we got a lot of good people on the broadcast. I want to talk about nuggets of information. Eric Allen, Matt Millen, okay, Rich Gannon, and Lincoln Kennedy. I mean, those I guys, mean, you want to talk about guys, easy for me to get the hell out of the way when those guys are talking, because those guys just have an array of information there. Harry, uh, thanks for helping me uh, grind through 14 minutes at the top of the hour as a Friday <laughs> radio guy. I appreciate that. Hey, I came up to pick up the equipment, and I was like, oh, JT's in the studio. Let me go say hi. Thank you for coming in. Hey, have a I'm good weekend. Good. I'll You're, see you tonight. If it's Bobby, if it's JT, I'm here. You're the best. There he is, everybody. Harry Ruiz, the Spanish voice of the silver and black, and we appreciate that. Appreciate him coming in here. Yeah, success stories I like. You know, people in radio, as you know, Bobby, a lot of people in radio don't pull for each other. You know, even in the same building at times. Hey, I want this. I want that client. I want that. I love Harry. Harry. Harry's a grinder. I've been doing this a long time. When you see someone that young who's cracking a microphone, uh, speaking multiple languages, having more opportunity to do the Spanish side, to come in, sit in here with me, sit in for me, I think he's really grinding. He's a good guy to have on our team. It's always cute when they're like little young broadcasters <laughs> and whatnot, isn't it? They're not oh, as old you're, and jaded as just, we are. You are but. just so skeptical there. Yeah, every once in a while they bring in a new guy. Normally they don't tell you when they bring in the new guy or gal and say goodbye. Uh, there's someone in human resources with the rest of your 401k. Take care and get on with life, but not here. Lotus Broadcasting, the Raiders, the loyalty of these companies are great. All right, when we come back, we have a couple of more a little bit we can play about what's happening over at Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. I think Jacoby Myers spoke. I'd like to hear a little bit of that. I haven't heard it. So if I haven't heard it, maybe our audience didn't. Uh, next will be Levi Edwards. Levi Edwards at 120. He joins us from inside the building. And now, how about qualifying for tickets to an Aviators game? And then you can win the weekly grand prize trip if you qualify. Five days jazzing it up in New Orleans, including a show on a riverboat, swamp tour, or an airboat. Or how about just $1,000 in spending money on top of it? Take the 3000 in cash if you don't want to go to New Orleans. Whatever you want. Take the trip or take the cash. Thanks to Gettle Air Conditioning and Plumbing, G-O-E-T-T-L. We'll keep you cool, but it's hard to spell. Ninth caller gets through to Bobby. Ninth caller. And then hopefully some callers that can talk about the game. Levi Edwards coming up next as we continue on. Meet up Vegas. Spent a big barbecue in the backyard the other day. Eight, nine steaks. Burgers. My wife took the ground beef from Meet Up Vegas and made a beautiful meat sauce for my sons to have a pasta, which was fantastic. It's all from meetupvegas.com. You put in JT Brick at the checkout, you get the same deal I get, and it's a great deal for those. 
who don't want to stand in line at the grocery store. There's a bunch of guys that weren't out there, so I, don't know, I was in the double digits. But um, no, I don't. I haven't. I haven't seen anything. I don't think it was crazy serious. It was just kind of a bang bang play. Totally clean on both sides. Uh, Josh McDaniels didn't go out of his way. Told you the truth. He thought it was a clean hit on Devonte, and Devonte, I thought he got blown up on the play. You know, he got hit hard. You don't expect to see that from Devonte Adams, but this is one of the best defenses in football. Period. This is one of the best defenses in football, and they hit hard. And you're getting a great example of a joint practice between two NFL teams, everybody. You're getting a great example of that because that's what happens. Levi Edwards joins us from the digital team there, the insider for the Raiders. And, again, we'll wait for the Raiders' official announcement coming up on Devontae and the status of his injury. But Levi just seemed like he came over and got hit hard, went down, took him a minute to get up, and he goes into the locker room, and we'll wait to hear what the Raiders say. What are you hearing? Um, I don't think it's anything too serious. Mm-hmm. I personally did not see it. I, I just heard a couple of uh, media guys on the sideline talking about it, and I was like, man, I didn't even see that. Then obviously starts blowing up on Twitter. And Josh McDaniels, he addressed it earlier today. Devontae's a tough dude. He's played through calf injuries. He's played through ankle injuries throughout his career. We all know how tough that guy is. So obviously, you know, we'll hear more. You know, we'll know more when we hear more. I wouldn't. You know, I, I wouldn't take it too seriously. He's a tough guy. I think he'll come back. And obviously around this time, you know, having your number one guy out there is beneficial. It doesn't hurt. But at the same time, I mean, Devontae, I think he'll be fine. He doesn't really need to see too many more practices as it is. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. But, it, again, when someone like that goes down and how quiet it was after the Niners were excited about the hit, a little bit of concern, but he walked right by me, walked on his own into the locker room, so we'll expect the best or hope for the best. I spent a lot of time today with you, and we were kind of behind the scenes looking at the quarterback play of Brock Purdy coming at us as the Raiders' secondary, I thought, did a pretty good job. I love the back end with Marcus Peters, but I've been more impressed. I covered a lot of Epps today in Merrig, and I both thought they had a good practice. How'd you say it? I saw it the same way. The secondary, that... We're, let's be honest, JT. The secondary was the biggest question mark that any of us had going into the season about this defense. You already know what you're getting out of your defensive line with Chandler Jones, Max Crosby, and then even more amplified once you get Tyree Wilson back on the field. You know, you know what you're getting from those guys up front. You don't. You didn't really necessarily know what you're getting from the secondary. And guys like Merrick, the Marcus Epps signing has looked amazing so far mm-hmm. throughout training camp. And then you have Marcus Peters, who's a bona fide ball hawk coming in doing what he can for this team. I really have loved what I've seen from the secondary. It has to be the most pleasant surprise. Not saying that I didn't think the the secondary would be good. I just didn't know what I'd be getting from such a young unit that aren't necessary superstars in the league yet. But these guys, they're communicating. They're flying to the ball. They're playing for each other. And you're doing it against not only just your teammates, not against Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers, but you're doing it now against a 49ers offense that's pretty good. Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, Debo, you're doing it against some other bona fide stars in this league. So I'm really, really impressed by what I've seen from some of them. Yeah, so my Levi Edwards kind enough to join us. What do you think of the depth of this receivers behind Devontae and Jacoby Myers, and especially Hunter Renfro and what we could see coming up in this game on Sunday? DeAndre Carter, Philip Dorsett, Keelan Cole, uh, Cam Sims, 
and DJ Turner. When we look at all these guys here, not all of them are going to make the team. This is a big, pretty big position group you broke down in these position battles. Well, competition breeds excellence, and the wide receiver room is one of those places that has a lot of competition. Obviously, you have the usual suspects. You have Devontae, you have Jacoby Myers, who's been killing it, by the way, this week. And you have Hunter Renfro, who's been doing pretty good. Those are guys are they're made men. So now it's between guys like Trey Tucker, who's a rookie coming in, he's playing well, and now you have Christian Wilkerson, who's familiar with this Patriots offense. You have Cam Sims, who's a huge guy. You know, 6'5", 220. You know, it might be a line about the 220. He looks about solid 6'5", 230. He, he's out here balling. So I really like what I've seen from him so far. And then also you have Philip Dorsett, who has the, the speed factor. He can run by a lot of people. You have DJ Turner, who also has a speed, good route running. So it's really competitive. But all these guys can't make the team. So this yeah. preseason game, as well as the other two preseason games that we'll see, you'll start to see a little bit of separation between, you know, who's going to make it, who's not, who's going to make plays. Because right now, through our training camp has just been so similar and you've been seeing a lot of guys stepping up and having their moments. Yeah, a lot of great information from Levi Edwards, one of our insiders that we use a lot during the season, now the preseason here, as we get ready for the game broadcast. Me and you were talking about Greg Van Roten and what he needs to do and the depth on the left side. You got Dylan Parham, you got Justin Haran, Jordan Meredith, uh, Mute. There's some players there that are going to play in the preseason here behind Alex Bars, behind Jermaine Illuminar, Brandon Parker, to name a few. I'll then Colt Miller. I mean, Colt Miller and Parham and Andre James, I get it. There's a lot of other guys, Levi, that are versatile. You've talked about it and wrote about it. They can go from left guard. They could be a swing tackle. I like this about the Ziegler plan. He's got guys that he can count on that can play multiple positions. Most definitely, and, and as you were alluding to, Colton Miller, he's the guy. He's left tackle, kind of leave him mm. out of it. And obviously he's versatile as well, but that's like your guy. And then outside of that, you know, throw out left guard, right guard, left tackle, right tackle, center, throw all that out. The the Raiders are trying to put the best five offensive linemen mm. that they can find on the field at all times. And when you have so many versatile guys who can play so many different spots, you know, it's it's less of, okay, well, this guy can, you know, play left or this guy can play right or this guy's over here, over there. It's who's the best five. And even with Jermaine, Jermaine is the starting right tackle, you know, coming into camp. However, he has experience playing both guard positions. He used to say he doesn't switch over. Mm-hmm. You have Brandon Parker, who's a swing tackle. Justin Haran, swing tackle. Uh, Van, Ru- Van Roten, he can play mm-hmm. both guard positions. Dylan, Dylan started two games at center last year you when did. Andre went down. You did. So it's like you have so much versatility on that line to where you kind of have to forget about who's playing at what position or what they're technically supposed to be or what they've technically mm-hmm. played in the past. It's just who's playing well, who's doing their job, and then those guys are going to find a way to play. And we'll find out more about that this preseason. Levi Edwards, as we wrap it up, let's get to the tight ends and Austin Hooper. Horstead and the depth that we could see there with Hollister because Michael Mayer hasn't been around recently and I want to see him out there more. I don't know what type of player he's going to be his rookie year if I don't see more of him as a jumbo uh, tight end who can block and stay out there and block. If he, We know what he can do in the passing game. We saw all the highlight reels at Notre Dame. I just, you know, every day he misses a practice, he's missing pass protection. He's missing being in a jumbo package, doing little things that could make a difference early in the season. 
Yeah, most definitely. Michael Mayer, he's kind of dealing with a couple of small, mm-hmm. you know, knickknacks and things like that. Uh, he's definitely been doing what he can throughout training camp uh, to make plays. Like you said, JT, we already know what he can do in the past game. Mm-hmm. He's already broken records at Notre Dame, and even since he's been in the building here with the Raiders, he's been making catches. I haven't seen him miss. I haven't seen him drop too many balls, if one ball at all. So he can. He, he has great hands. He has great short area quickness. He can. He can do all of it when it comes to the passing game. But I want to see more of him as a blocker. I want to see what he can do, especially with the success that the Raiders have had past few years running the ball. How can he contribute to that as well? And so. I will say, even though I want to see more from him, I really have loved what I've seen from Austin Hooper because he stepped up a lot over the past couple of days with Mike Mayer out. So Austin Hooper is a guy that we already know what we're getting with him. He's a vet guy. He's a multiple Pro Bowl guy. So he's coming in to a, to a new system, but he's been able to pick it up pretty well. He has that veteran presence about him. He has not missed a whole lot of plays since he's been here mm-hmm. throughout training camp. So even though, yeah, I want to see a little bit more from Michael Mayer. He's supposed to be the rookie stud coming in, but I think the rest of the tight end room has definitely picked up despite his absence. Last one, Levi. The Niners are pretty good. I mean, they're just really good. I'm not a huge Brock Purdy guy because I grew up with Dan Marino, John Elway, guys who proved themselves, and they didn't do it in year two. They, They became veterans. I grew up in a time where, yeah, of course, Dan Marino came in as a rookie, went to a Super Bowl, but I don't put Kyle Purdy up against Dan Marino. I don't have Kyle Purdy up against Steve Young. But watching him out there today, he's got presence. I thought he struggled at times. He's thrown some picks in these two practices here. It seems like the Niners roster is Super Bowl ready, and it's probably going to come back to the play of the quarterback. How do you see it? It's always been the play of the quarterback for the 49ers. And uh, even back to you know our very good friend Jimmy Garoppolo, Mm -hmm. it it came down to him. uh, And he did what he could with that team. He got him to a couple of NFC Championship games. He got him to a Super Bowl. He was leading in the Super Bowl for th- about three quarters. So you know what Jimmy G can do. So it's always come down to the to the quarterback play for the 49ers over the past couple of years. They've always been stacked everywhere else, and they've brought it today. You know, that defense yeah. with Fred Warner flying around the ball, they have a great defensive line. Like the 49ers defense, you know, that's not chopped liver. And then on the other side of the ball, uh, the Raiders defense, they look fantastic against that mm-hmm. offense so uh and that, that's not a chop liver uh, offense they have either you know Kyle Shanahan he's a uh he's a great play caller and then they have some weapons there so it was it was a very competitive two days and when you face a team like the 49ers as good as they are have these joint practices with them and you're about to have this preseason game with them that only helps you going into you know into the season and a couple of years back one of my most memorable experiences I've had as the Raiders reporter was going to LA and seeing those joint practices with the Rams and, and that was such a competitive team and yeah. they were so good and they got after it and you could tell how much that helped both teams going into the season because you had the Raiders that went 10 and 7 and had their first playoff berth and you know a couple of years and then you had the Rams win the Super Bowl so when you have iron sharpening iron mm-hmm. the way that they have have been you know nothing can go wrong excellent good to see you thank you so much for your help today you know to see numbers and try to match up you're really good at this you got storylines for all these players that we'll use on the broadcast and i'll see you throughout the weekend thanks a lot levi most definitely thank you for having me jt you got it levi edwards really good a tremendous help for me today and jason horowitz we sat there and levi's that's him that's him that's him that's him you know when you look out there at practice and a guy has a jersey on with his numbers rolled up 
and you, it's a two, you could maybe see, is it a seven or a six? Levi's like, that's this. He does it. He's in the building. He's at a lot of uh, practices, and he sits right there in front of the coach at the press conference. Speaking of press conferences, Robert Spillane. Let's take a little bit of that uh, because they told me, Harry told me he's a quote machine. A very quiet when I first met him. Then I met him with Phil Villapiano wearing the same number. Let's hear what he had to say a few hours ago. Of not just doing your job, but go making plays. Well, we've kind of seen that a lot from the defense so far in training camp, including these last couple of days. Um, you feel like that message is starting to uh, to really be absorbed? Yeah, I do. I feel like we're really coming together as a unit, and uh, that's on all three levels: our secondary, our linebackers, and our D line. And we're making a conceited effort to go out there, do our jobs, and then go make plays. So we're. Uh, Focusing on being good teammates to each other and just having fun with it. Robert, you created some turnovers today yourself and got some turnovers, and your defense just continues to hawk to the ball. How excited were you to see it go from not just practice against your two teammates, but then carry it over into joint practices? Yeah, that's what it's all about. We're going out there playing football, um, running around, flying around. You know, these joint practices are not only awesome because you get to compete with another team, but you also get to learn from other guys. So I got a chance to talk to Fred Warner. And I'm like, Fred, you know, I love your game. I've been following your game, researching your game for years. And what is it to you that stands you apart from the rest? And he said, you know what, it's effort. Every play, every time, and he's right. Every time you turn on that film of Fred Warner, what is he doing? Flying to the ball. It doesn't matter. He's 50 yards away. He's playing hard every single opportunity so just to hear that from him was you know a nice way to end these joint practices and be able to give that mutual respect to another linebacker in the league i, mean, I think it was, it was you after an interception where max kind of ran off the sideline and celebrated a little bit is that a real thing where you know because as a defense you're kind of feeding off each other's energy a little bit and it helps boost your play on the field for sure i mean we're we're in this training camp setting together we're with each other all day so you form these relationships and bonds with teammates, and those bonds are stronger than you think. Um, having that love and support from your brother next to you lets you play free. You know, you trust the guys around you. You're able to go make plays. And without that trust, you, you can't play outside the box. You need to just play standard football. But good defenses all trust each other. I know my guy's going to set the edge here. I know my safeties are behind me gives me an opportunity to play fast. You know, I always tell my D-linemen, go eat. Like, it's our job to clean you up. I get safeties behind me. Rob, go fly around. We'll make you right. So it's that three levels of trust throughout a defense that really has been coming together this this camp for us. Speaking of that, that bond with, uh, with Max and how did it kind of come together, we've asked you a lot about him as a player, but it seems like he's been excited every time you uh, make a play. Do you guys kind of have that special chemistry? Yeah, I mean, it's just mutual respect for each other's games. You know, he's been somebody who helped bring me here to Las Vegas, and um, we just have a bond, a special bond, and we're like brothers on the field. So any chance I get to see him go make a play, I'm fired up. Just like we all are for each other. I mean, we're in this together as a team. So any chance that our teammates make a play, we're excited for them. You know, it's not like I'm scared if a linebacker behind me on the depth chart makes a play. No, I'm excited for Luke to go do his job and then come across the field, make a huge interception today. I mean, 
those are plays that bring a team together. It's not just 11 men. It's we're going to need everybody in this building who's here to help us win. So. Interception you had that was just a few days after you were you were in here preaching about the mindset of turnovers uh, What do you think it does for you to you know you preach that and then you go out there and then you practice it? You know, what do you think it does for the team dynamic to see that? Yeah, the ball changes the game these turnovers out change the outcome of games so we've been preaching it preaching it and now you just put it to practice and this is just a practice so What's the next step? Bring it to the game. We have Sunday to go out there on Sunday and show that ball awareness on every play, whether it's a run play, we're raking, stripping at the ball, whether it's a pass play, we're getting in the quarterback's face, D-line, get their hands up, linebackers put some extra air on that ball and break on the ball. So it's a culture and it's a mindset, and it's just something that we just got to keep working over and over and over. Tedious repetition over and over. Consistency is uh, going to help us on Sunday. So that that uh, mindset and that buy-in from the rest of the defense yeah I know I think everyone on this defense kind of has a chip on their shoulder um, we're looked at as a weak point one of the weakest defenses in the league and we don't see ourselves as that so it's our opportunity to go out there and sh compete every day make each other better and just be a cohesive unit and I really think we're coming together and doing that wow let's stop right there there's a few minutes left but I wanted to stop there that's what I wanted to hear that was Robert Spillane, the linebacker, saying that we are not being respected. We're thought to be one of the worst defenses in football. And that guy went to the microphone and said it's not the case. That's what I've been talking about. That's been my theme all week long. Who on the defense is aware of this? We know Marcus Peters is, Max Crosby. We would assume Jerry Tillery, the, the guy with the green dot, or Divine Diablo are saying people don't think we're very good. They don't, and I thought that played pretty well. I think the secondary and the linebackers – have been impressive. Impressive in camp, but it's only camp. Last year, the Raiders went 4-0. 4-0 in the preseason. I don't care about the record this year. Don't. Don't care about the record. Want to see the guys make the team who are in camp battles and want to see the defense get off the field and keep turning it over. David Lombardi, very good insider. I just retweeted at JT the Brick. I think he summed it up. He covers the Niners at a very high level. And David Lombardi tweeted this. Sloppy day for the 49ers to wrap up this joint session in the desert. But Brock Purdy did finish it with a touchdown run to cap a long drive. The score sparked another skirmish. Not a huge fight, but just a shoving match. San Francisco quarterbacks combined for six interceptions against the Raiders on 7-on-7 and 11-on-11 work. Purdy threw two interceptions in 11s and three Top quarterbacks, including Sam Darnold and Trey Lance, threw interceptions in the seven-on-sevens. Purdy's pick in sevens changed off, uh, clanked off of Debo Samuel. San Francisco's defense wasn't overpowering either. Garoppolo and the Raiders enjoyed some efficient drives against them. Next up, a walkthrough tomorrow, and then the 49ers Raider preseason game on Sunday. Expect heavy action in the quarterback two battle between Lance and Darnold. Raiders had six interceptions today, everybody, in a very physical game where Devontae Adams got trucked to the ground and got up. There's no joke today. These guys played hard, and the Raider defense has a lot to be excited about, a lot to be excited about going forward. Now let's keep them healthy, huh? We all good with that? Let's keep everybody healthy. Let's keep them healthy and get ready for L.A. L.A.'s got Aaron Donald. L.A.'s got some good players, physical players. 
and the Raiders got to get ready for that. I think the Raiders will be very tested after the joint practices with the Niners and the Rams. Those are hard practices. You wait for the game. You want the game. Because what I saw today was better than the game on Sunday. The game on Sunday is going to be entertaining. Ooh, I wish I could tell you who's performing. Mm, can't do it. Can't do it. 25 years here. I'm good at keeping secrets. But now I have to keep secrets about entertainment away because can't do it. But they, they, they throw a party at that stadium, man. They got performers performing that you look up at the torch and go, whoa, what's that? <laughs> okay, you're going to do that at this game. You're going to be at this game and go, I don't want to go get a beverage. I'll wait. I want to watch this performance. I love what the Raiders do with that. Mark Davis loves music. I love music. Like throwback music, modern music, new music, concerts. Man, they have a lot of concerts over at Allegiant Stadium. No doubt about that. All right, we have a little bit potentially we can get to to Jacoby Myers. Well, we'll wrap it up with you. Who's the one player you want to see pop and have a big game on Sunday? 702-365-9200. Brought to you by the 872 Laborers. You know, they built the stadium on time and on budget, and they're back with us for another season. Thanks to Tommy White and the great men and women who built the Legion Stadium. Yeah, he, um, you know, Nesta's a, he's a powerful guy in there and he's done some good things. He's done some good things in training camp, you know, and um, learning. Uh, I think that's a good word right now, learning, Um, because, you know, you need different techniques for different schemes and uh, based on what you see and your tips and and those kind of things. But he's learning. He plays hard. He's physical. Um, We saw that in college. We felt like that he would do that in the NFL regardless um, you know, and, and trying to add to some of the things that he already naturally did well in terms of pass rush and, you know, technique and those kind of things. So young player with a long way to go, like everybody is uh, at that stage. But um, again, out there, you know, working, getting a lot of repetitions, uh, which is the way you get better. Nestor Jade Silvera, that's nice praise by the head coach because he's making an impact there. My son goes to Arizona State University, and I went to a game last year against Washington and saw Nestor Jade play. Not at any time did I think anything special about him. I was just watching a football game, but he had an impact. He had an impact, no doubt. They ended up beating Washington, a much higher-ranked team in that game, and I talked to Nestor Jade about that when I met him for the first time, and he's excited to be here. It's alumni weekend, so the alumni are here. Today there was a whole bunch of them. They were sitting in the alumni family section. Most of them are coming in tomorrow. The likes of Fred Bolitnikoff, Marcus Allen, Mike Haynes, Lester Hayes, Matt Millen's here, Rich Gannon on the broadcast. Uh, so we're going to see a few of them tonight. They're going to be around for a big event on Saturday night. And then Sunday, they'll all be at the game, involved in the game broadcast. At some point, we're at halftime. I don't know exactly what's going on, but I know some of those legends will be on the broadcast. They'll be around the broadcast in whatever capacity I'm not aware of yet, but it's just cool that the Raiders do that. The Raiders want to make sure that when you're listening, you're having a good time, but when you're watching on TV, that you get a chance to see the history of the game, you learn about the stadium, the suites. It's really an education process for everybody because every team in the NFL, they own their rights to the preseason, and the Raiders use it to promote the Raiders. 
Okay, so everybody is listening to us on the broadcast or watching on TV. You're going to hear a lot about what the Raiders do with their new buildings. That's their stadium, the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, and the fans and some of the things that they're doing with their partners in the community, all the goodwill in the community, what they're doing with schools, and all of that. So, uh, Jacoby Myers, quickly. I just want to hear the first two, Bobby, because I wanted to be there for this today. We had to get back here for the show. I thought Jacoby Myers had a big day today and overall a pretty good day in the joint practices with the Niners. Having an excellent camp, playing pretty well. I'm just curious for you, your thoughts on your team. Good performances against the 49ers in both practices. Mm-hmm. Well, first, appreciate that, I guess. And then second, I just like that we're coming out every day trying to compete. You know, nobody's going out there sticking their toe in the water. Everybody's diving in, trying to be the best, competing with them, competing with ourselves. Man, it's a lot of people out there showing how talented they are. So I appreciate them for working hard. Jacoby, did you did you happen to see what happened on the on the the play that Devontae went out? What, you know, who was involved? Unfortunately, I didn't. I mean, I see it on tape, but I was in there too, running the route on the opposite side. So I'm just hoping he's healthy. You know, he bring a lot to this team. We appreciate him. And we just want him to be back to himself. And whatever happened, I'll go find out soon. With him missing a good amount of practice and Hunter not being out there today with some, some more reps for some of the younger guys, how valuable do you think that experience was for them going against this, this defense? Mm-hmm. No, I think that, I mean, that's actually a really big part of camp, in my opinion. For a guy who was undrafted, kind of waiting on his moment, these are the days you kind of – you don't want anybody to get hurt. But when somebody does go down, you know, it's your moment. Like, you got a chance to step up and go out there and show coaches what you could do with that new opportunity. So – I mean, I'm proud of the guys because a lot of them was out there, no break, going straight through, pushing hard. So a lot of people showed what they were made of today, and hopefully they can just keep building on that day by day. Okay, so that's Jacoby. He was out there on the field when Devontae went down. I know Q's coming up. Q was there. He'll give you his opinion on what's happening there. Josh McDaniel spoke about it. I have no more comment on it until we get to the game broadcast because he was banged up on the play. He walked off on his own. And people are trying to assess what his injury looks like. You will not hear that anywhere else first other than Raider Nation Radio when the Raiders let us know about that. It's tough to cover injuries in training camp because organizations aren't going to give you what you don't need to know inside the training room and what's going to happen there. So what's the big takeaway from practice today? As I said, I thought the practice with the Niners, Niners are physical, big. They put Devontae on the ground. That, that's what the Niners did. I thought the Niners' offense struggled against the Raiders' defense. I thought the Raiders' defense won the battle today, as they did yesterday, from what I heard. I wasn't there yesterday. I was here today. Uh, for the Raiders, Jimmy Garoppolo looks good. He's getting a lot of praise from 49ers media because 49ers media knows, knows how good Jimmy is. They know. They covered him, and you know he won four playoff games in his career, and he won 70% of his games. So they don't have a problem with that. Uh, Zeus... Without Josh Jacobs here, Zamir White's going to be very important. I don't know how much wear and tear they want to give him in the preseason game. So obviously if he starts, if he plays, they're going to run the ball in the preseason. They'll be, I think, stripped down with the offense. They're going to not run as many exotic things. In all my years being on the sideline for the Raiders preseason, I don't expect a lot of gadget plays, a lot of trickery because they want to save that for the regular season. But they got a lot of wide receivers on the back end as we talked about this depth chart that they got to get the ball out and get to them. I want to see Dorsett on a deep route. I want to see what's going to happen with Cam Sims in the red zone. I want to know what they're able to do because depending on what this final wide receiver room is going to look like, I like Sims as a red zone guy. I like Dorsett as a guy that can stretch the field. 
And then in between, where will we see Michael Mayer? I don't expect to see him. If I don't see him at a practice, we didn't see Hunter out at practice today. Why would Hunter play in a game on Sunday if he wasn't able to play in a physical joint practice? Don't know. Don't know about the depth of that overall. But I think the depth of the defensive backs are going to be a huge story on Sunday. Depending on how long we see, I don't want to see Epps. Don't need to see Epps. I saw Epps play a lot. Today he was fantastic. He's very good. Epps came over and played every game for the Eagles, including the Super Bowl. I do not need to see Epps play, but Patrick Graham might want to see him play. I wasn't there for the Patrick Graham sit-down today. I'll talk to Macmillan about that tonight. What are we going to see with defensive starters? Because if anything, the chemistry of the linebackers with the position group behind them, the safeties and the cornerbacks, is really important because that they were weak last year. They were weak. The middle of the field was wide open for business, and it looks like Patrick Graham is trying to close that window down. Close that window and make it more difficult to throw in that window, which was anywhere from 15 to 25 yards. That's got to get cleaned up. And from what I've seen, it looks like it's been cleaned up. And the Raiders have just put out, it just went out a second ago here, that they've signed free agent running back Damian Williams. And for those saying, oh, my God, oh, does that mean for Josh? Oh, my God. They're just adding depth at the running back position for camp. It doesn't mean everybody you think is going to be here at running back. The running back room is pretty strong, and I think I know who they're going to let go, and they might let go of a veteran player. But we're hoping Josh Jacobs is good to go, and Zeus is his backup, and Damian Williams is in the building now. Raiders make moves because they need to make moves and make this football team better. And as Lincoln Kennedy explained to me, now that there's 90 players that don't get cut early, you got 90, you need those camp bodies. Because the guys who play on the back end of the 90 give the veterans and the starters more opportunity to rest and be ready for the regular season. Can't wait to hear what Q has lined up. I'll see him later on tonight with all the broadcast team. Tomorrow, we sit down with Josh McDaniels ahead of the game on Sunday. Hope to see you Sunday at the Torch. And you're listening on the broadcast, TV, and radio. Bobby, great week. Thanks to all of our proud partners. And we added a bunch this week for the regular season. We appreciate your support here on the flagship of the Silver and Black.